0: That's what we're going to be trying to go through today. A few verses in this mountain we've learned about, this Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' full and complete sermon that was written for us. It's an important thing. So in the last four weeks, trying to show all of us from the Bible why the Bible is the small word of God, small W, but why the man Jesus is the resounding, cap, the word of God. And we try to go through taking... Parts of Scripture from the Bible, Old and New Testament, that doesn't point to Jesus and might contradict what he said fully is dangerous. And so we're going to dwell here for a couple months in the Sermon on the Mount because the God-man went up into a mountain. I showed you a picture of what Mount Tabor looks like. Where we think he preached near the Sea of Galilee was similar. It wasn't really a mountain. It was a hill. Sugarloaf Mountain. We were there yesterday, some of us. It's not much of a mountain. I've been to Tahoe, right? <laughs> Those are mountains. Anybody from Colorado? Anybody Alaska? No, let's go to, No. The point is Matthew is doing something, and we're gonna try and see what Matthew is doing as he records Jesus. So let me pray real quick and we'll dive in. We'll start in Matthew chapter 5, verse 2, if you have a Bible open there. Otherwise, it will be on the screen. And I hope. We, I'm going to pray that we would lose our sentimentality this morning and see these for what they are. You guys know what I mean by sentimentality? I'm praying that we don't go to the Hallmark store and see cute little cards, but we actually see God himself speaking to humans, and I hope we see that. So let's see. Father, help me and help us remove biases and remove even sentimentality from our minds when we hear these very familiar Blessings, give me grace to point to Jesus and Jesus come and love us and shape us, convict us where need be, encourage us where need be, inform us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So there is a problem in Western Christianity with these Beatitudes, that's what we're going to look at, the Beatitudes, the blessings. How many of you have called them, blessed is he? We all are familiar with that, right? Right? It's actually blessed is he or she. The blessed is a bit of English and a bit of translation. And in my opinion, after studying for a month, it tries to put a kind of veneer on what Jesus was actually saying. Jesus in these first blessings of his Sermon on the Mount is basically giving Christians a bill of rights before he gives the Constitution. That's the analogy I'm going to go with. These are the rights or the blessings in the new kingdom. Now quickly, you as a Christian probably don't and won't and haven't received all eight blessings. It, they weren't intended that way. You know, when we read through the parts of where spiritual gifts are and we see all of them, and most of us want all of them, and that shows that we actually don't know that much about God yet, because one or two are enough, Right? But blessings. Jesus begins this teaching after gathering a large crowd. There are many people starting to follow Jesus. We want to know who's in the crowd. For sure his disciples. For sure the Pharisees are keeping an eye on him. For sure people with Greek and Hellenistic backgrounds... And for sure Romans, even some soldiers and citizens. So basically, the whole modern world in the day is at this sermon. That's important for us. This wasn't just a sermon for Jewish people. This wasn't just a sermon for Roman people. This wasn't just a sermon for Pharisaical people. This is a sermon for Jewish and Gentile people. And Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom coming forth. Matthew chapter five, verse one. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain and he sat down. His disciples came to him or around him. He opened his mouth, verse two, saying, verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How many of you have been confused about that verse your whole Christian life? We got a couple honest people. Okay, how many of you have not getting confused with that verse? That was like, okay, so we're somewhere in the middle. It can kind of be confusing, right? I've heard it preached a lot of different ways. No good, bad, indifferent, so be it. But this is a strange verse when we just see it. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, For God is theirs, and God's government is theirs, literally. Again, Orthodox Jews are hearing this, Galilean Jews, the outcasts of all society, the disciples and others, and Jesus, again, is starting to give a prologue into the sermon. As we go in for the next couple weeks, let's not just make these cute little phrases Something we would write to someone who is hurting and turn our brains off from there. But there's great value in trying to figure out what was Jesus saying. All the beatitudes, all the blessings, all the blessed are completely countercultural and counterintuitive. They were countercultural. Back then, they're countercultural now, and they've always been counterintuitive because our world and even our church, big church, looks at those who are poor in spirit and most of the time goes, Oh. And things go through our mind. Was it you or your family that sinned, so God put you in this plight? Oh, poor you, what has happened? Western culture said, blessed or happy or joyful are those who have a titanium bulletproof spirit and can walk through anything. And Jesus opens this sermon by saying what? People who are poor at spirituality, blessing to you. I'll say it this way. Jesus, the God-man, the Word of God said, how many of you don't like to pray at family functions publicly? Come on, really? I'm gonna call you all to my burden, you know? Thank you, Jeff. How many of you find it awkward that when we gather, maybe in a restaurant or at a family gathering, when someone says, who's gonna pray? We all kind of go like this, and I get pointed at now. I'm the paid guy, I get that, okay? <laughs> but how many of you kind of look on the floor? Some more honesty. Is it uncomfortable at times? Jesus says God's kingdom is for you. How many of you struggle reading your Bible the way you should, you think? Don't have to raise your hands. I'm just asking questions. How many of you don't want to sing worship songs because your voice is a bit off key and someone might hear you? How many of you would rather do anything but stand up publicly and say a word about God to someone. Don't raise your hands, that'll indict us, right? <laughs> the point Jesus is making, if that is your plight, good news for you, my kingdom's for you, not for the perfect. Because remember who was in the crowd. I was, been going through some stuff with Ashlyn and baptism and she's fascinated with the Pharisees, that could be good or bad, right? Because if she becomes one, I got a problem. But if she sees them for who they are, it's like okay. But the point is she's like, Oh, they wore those funny clothes, and they looked perfect, and they had the long beards. Steve, it's, yours is dark, it's not white, good. But the whole point is, even Ashlyn, even an eight-year-old, sees the religious establishment and goes, they're the ones that have it all together. And Jesus' first blessing to the world is, if you know you don't have it all together, God's kingdom is for you. I don't know about you, that's great news to me, even as a pastor, because I don't have it all together. I can pray in public now, because I know what most people want to hear, not because I'm spiritual. That's how weird I am, right? I can pray at family gatherings, because I want to eat like the rest of us, amen? (laughs) I'm not super at it, I've just practiced it. So Jesus has a word for all people and the first word, what it literally means in its original context and in its language is, if you're not very good at being spiritual, I'm here for you. And the human heart should go, I love that. Because I got a segment of people who take my money and who pray a certain way and say, you're no good, Pastor Bray. Pony up. Keep coming. Keep coming. You're not good enough, Timothy Bellison. Keep working. John Prevost, nice try. Keep slaving away. And Jesus says, no, my kingdom is for everyday people who struggle with everyday spiritual things. That's why I'm here. That's the first blessing of the kingdom. Jesus is offering that as a blessing if you know where you are spiritually, depending on the grace of God, good news. If you're not depending on God's grace, and Christians can do that, not, doesn't mean we're not saved, this blessing isn't quite for you, and we always say what? Yet. Because God will get us there. This is good news, church. Church. And let me back up one sec because I want to make this clear. The B attitudes they're not advice. They're not qualifications. They're not even commands. But they're an announcement of blessing. An announcement of blessing from the God-man. Jesus is announcing his kingdom. It's for ordinary people. It's not for the green berets of spirituality. It's not for the expert mountain climbers who can do it on their own and lead the way. It's for you and I who at times have to be drug up the mountain, but we know it. And this news comes to our heart and we say yes. Ultimately, God's favor, grace, and mercy is available for ordinary people. This was the first issue the Pharisees had. (laughs) they would sit back and go, hey, uh, Jeremiah, did you hear what he said? Anybody can receive God's favor? We got a problem with him. We'll get to them in a couple weeks probably, talking about the pure of heart, when Jesus said, blessed are those or pure of heart, it literally means clean and it refers to light. And the point he's making is, sometimes self-righteousness and pride dim our eyes and we don't see anything but other people's faults, right? This all lines up with Jesus' teaching. Again, church, this is counterintuitive. The fact that God would become a man is counterintuitive to us. The fact that God would not use the trained religious leaders of the day, but rather who? A tax collector, a fisherman, and others to start his church. When those men heard this, they go, yeah, he's the one. My heart is happy. He's right. It's resonating in my soul. I know this is good news. I know that I've ripped people off, Matthew might say. I know that, Peter might say, I stick my foot in my mouth every day. And others, but this first blessing is for the ordinary folks who are in need of God's grace. And quickly, because I want to address it, Jesus is not teaching us to be spiritually poor, He's not teaching us a thing. What is He doing? He's announcing blessing. Because when we read this, sometimes we go, I got to get spiritually poor to get blessing. You see how wrong that is ideologically? <laughs> I have to get this so I can receive this. And the truth is, Jesus just said, for those of you who are this, good news. That's the difference. And believe it or not, people build large theologies in large churches and at times, large misthinking when we don't see these beatitudes as announcements of blessing. Now let me talk to those who like praying at family gatherings. Talk to myself. You're not slighted here. This isn't... Why do they get stuff? You know when you have multiple kids and you get one kid something, you're just like, if you don't get someone else, it's, it's on? That's how We cannot be like that as a family. If you are comfortable with spiritual things, with praying and leading, with reading Bibles, with teaching classes, with preaching, don't get sad. See this for what it is. We see all over the scriptures, God gives various amounts of grace in various different areas for various amounts of people so we would all function as a perfect, what, body. If we had 14 left arms, we could probably play baseball, but we'd be no good at anything else. If we had five thumbs, we couldn't pick up a ball. Maybe you kind of could, it would look weird. The point is, This is a blessing for people who are being invited into God's kingdom. I praise God for people in my life who are not spiritually poor. I mean, everyone is to a certain degree, right? We're all in need of God's grace. I praise God for men and women who are usually older that lead with, here's the point, humility, dignity, and grace. Because if God has gifted you and grown you and maybe at one time this blessing was all about you and you received and your heart was glad but God has grown you in that and now you want to chase after the deeper things in the Lord. If we don't love and if we don't disciple, Paul says we're pointless. Paul also says if we don't do that humbly, we never understood probably the blessing in the first place. Again, these are announcements. Literally, receive joy. God's favor is upon you, those who are no good spiritually. And that might resonate with you and that might not. But receive joy. This is great news. Got eight minutes. We're going to get through one more because I bit off more than I can chew. I was going to try and teach all of these in a week, fail. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Church, this is not a command. Don't go home and mourn. There will be enough mourning in your life. Can I get an amen? Amen. Don't do that. It's simply a blessing. Those who mourn will be comforted. Consider yourself blessed. Not an instruction, not a command. Don't go hurt yourself. Don't go looking for places to mourn. They will come. But it is good news for the human heart. It is good news when we go through it. This kingdom coming forth by the mercy of God and the person of Jesus, this kingdom is where mourners go to be comforted. And the interesting word here, comfort, I don't want to get all Greek on you. We get the word translated in John and other places, paraclete, okay? That's what the Holy Spirit is called. He is called that. He is called the great comforter and helper. Same word here Jesus uses. When you mourn, receive blessing, God himself will comfort your heart. Hear the blessing, hear the announcement. When your spirit aches in God's kingdom, he comforts. That's all Jesus is saying. What's the greatest part of he, the Holy Spirit, when he comforts you? His comfort is different. I've been comforted by blessings from friends and family, ultimately from God. I've been comforted in financial tough times at times. I'll tell you a quick story. I quit my job, didn't have one, didn't make my family happy. Rent was coming. And Jessica and I were like, uh, well, this was like nine year, eight years ago. And um, we heard our mailbox open and a envelope fell in the door. And it was the amount of our rent and $200 more from an anonymous person. And we found out who. She wasn't happy. And uh, just by, my wife was like a good private eye. Who is that? People run down the street. That was comfort to us. I know that was God, but I'm using that. That pales in comparison to the comfort that is being talked about here. We were comforted financially. You know what it feels like when it's like, Whew. But the interesting note here, Jesus announcing blessing, announcing it in this way, says literally, for those of you who are mourning, you will encounter here's the here's the word encounter God Himself and He will comfort you. The God who spoke and Things were created. The God who brings forth life. The God who takes from ashes and makes things beautiful. When you mourn in this kingdom, he alone encounters you. Folks, that's counterintuitive. That's counternatural. That's supernatural. That's the blessing Jesus is proclaiming to us. I want you to hear this, because I don't like it when preachers say this is what's available to you in the kingdom, because it's a bad wordplay. Hear it this way: the capital word, right? Jesus Himself, the Word of God, is proclaiming blessing in His kingdom to those whose hearts are breaking. Why? Go back one verse to me. Why are these linked? People who know they're poor at being spiritual, (laughs) ordinary people, go one verse ahead. Often get here, why? Because we live in the real world. You don't have to mourn if all you do is live on Instagram and social media because it's all fake. You don't have to mourn. You can filter it out. You don't have to mourn in Silicon Valley. Do we get that? You get this? But in order to minimize our mourning, it's going to come, go back one verse, we can't live as ordinary people. We have to live as, I'm not going to say extraordinary people, because that's actually the wrong, we have to live as uh, kind of lame ducks here on earth with our times here. As we go forward in this sermon, let's ask God to take us on this adventure Let's ask God to show us our, I'm going to make up a word, ordinary (laughs) who we are, for real. Let's ask God for the grace to receive that because he's created us. And let's ask God for the grace to go forward and see these two and a couple others as blessing. If you want to be a realist, I want to be there. We must realize who we are, next verse. And by realizing who we are, we're going to get here, but we're promised God himself to comfort, to comfort us. God himself is better than any sermon, any worship song, any Bible study, any spouse, any child, any home, any car, because it's God himself, and he will... Intric- in- I'll say it this way. He will completely comfort you. The way God comforts me is different than Debbie. He has to use a bigger hammer sometimes. No, the point is, it's different than Emil. animal. It's different than Steve. It's different than all of us. Our Father knows best. There's a lot more Beatitudes. I got through two. I was going to try and go through four. There's more to come. Next week, join us. Uh, Pastor Dave Bray is going to be talking a few verses ahead about salt and light. And I want you to hear this, because I didn't get to where I wanted to get to, so I don't want to throw him under the bus. All right, Dave? In this blessing Jesus is bringing forth, this eightfold blessing, he is saying this, citizens in my kingdom, don't try and be salt and light. Don't Yearn to be that. Don't work at that. But in these blessings, and what he's bringing forth is, this is the type of life which my kingdom, I'll say it this way, I don't want to confuse anybody. Citizens in my kingdom are salt and light because of the counterintuitive nature of where our world's gotten. If we receive these blessings, even maybe try and memorize these blessings and live in light of them, you won't help be a preservative salt and a great beacon for people in this world. And Jesus says, this is my kingdom. And again, he's not commanding up front, he's proclaiming and revealing. Let me pray, and after that I'm going to ask Layla to come on up. Let's pray, and then we'll uh, welcome some new members to this church. It's a big day, big Sunday. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for these blessings, these announcements, these realities of what Jesus brought forth so long ago and your kingdom coming to earth. Father, give us the grace to see our need for you to be encouraged and receive that your grace and favor is for ordinary folks. Not only for those who pray well, or sing well, or teach well, or read well, but it's for sinners, Lord. Father, give us the grace to receive your comfort when we're hurting, when we mourn, and allow us to be honest with ourselves and with you in the days, years, and months to come. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.